in the New Testament when he gave some great speech and people said, oh, this is like the speech of a god. Yeah. And instantly an angel struck him with worms and he died on the spot. Yeah. So that ended Herod Day, you know, perfectly, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a really brutal, brutal way. Welcome to episode three on the truth about heresy with Angel Silva. On this episode, we're going to talk about one of the most attacked doctrines of the Christian faith, one of the most central doctrines of the Christian faith, and that being that Jesus is God himself. And so, Angel, would you like to talk about a few comments about that? Yeah, like you said, uh, it's one of the most attacked uh, doctrines of the Christian faith, and uh, and I believe one of the most essential doctrines of the Christian faith. If you get the, the doctrine of who Christ is, the nature of Christ, then you don't get the gospel right. So if you don't have the proper view of Christ, then you might not have the proper view of the gospel. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a key and uh, important uh, doctrine and the gospel depends on on it uh, if you get it wrong then you might get the gospel wrong exactly and that and this is exactly why we wanted to cover this topic mm -hmm. and there's no way we're going to be able to cover this topic uh you know in detail and yeah. because this is jesus we're talking about he's yeah. eternal there's no way we're just going to skim barely skim the surface yeah. regarding who he is but we are going to try to establish clearly from the scriptures that he is God. But first, I wanted to start off with an article that I read in G3 from Professor uh, Kevin Bowder. He's a research professor of systematic theology at Central Baptist Theological Seminary. And he wrote, he wrote an article titled Identity and Idolatry. And in the article, he says this, properly speaking, God is not a person. While he subsists as one God in perfect unity, he is nevertheless three persons. It is by the perichoresis of these persons that God knows who he is. And perichoresis is $10 theological term just mean, meaning the relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit and how they relate to one another within the Trinity. But he continues and he says, uh, He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is Father because He begets the Son. The Son is Son because He is generated by the Father. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit because He proceeds from the Father and the Son. If God were not eternally Father, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then He would in some sense be dependent upon the world for His identity. The world would be essential to the personhood of God. But because he is eternally Father, Son, and Spirit, however, God depends upon nothing outside himself. He is one God who subsists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each of these three has a proper position with respect to the other two. And as God relates to himself within the, within the eternal fellowship of the Trinity, he simply is all that he is. As he said to Moses, I am who I am. So God does not need creation to validate mm -hmm. his identity. He doesn't need uh, me and you and, and uh, all the other creation, the animals to, to establish who he is yeah. as God. God is uh, completely independent mm -hmm. from us. And Jesus being God also did not, he didn't even need to come to earth to really establish his mm -hmm. identity. Jesus didn't need to come to earth mm -hmm. to to kind of uh, get some kind of needed glory mm -hmm. that he was missing out on in heaven. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that would be wrong that's to true. think of. And also God has and God has, is, and always will be perfectly independent. He doesn't yeah, need God. any creature to complete his identity. You want to yeah. make a few comments about that? Yeah, you know, um, I, I just heard, uh, I think it was a podcast this, um, somewhat this week, uh, last week, past week, um, about uh, Jesus Christ, uh, that he didn't, he could have used a different, he is God, he could have used a different method uh, to come into the world and save uh, the sinners. 
he could have done it in a different way but uh, he chose christ chose to come as a man uh, put on humanity and come to the world to to die for uh the sinner so yeah he didn't have to come into the world uh but he chose to come into the world and and humble himself to, to the extreme of dying on the cross the most uh um humbling way of dying in the ancient times mm -hmm. a humiliating way of dying so yeah um, god uh, jesus christ uh, uh, the father and the holy spirit they don't need us uh, that's what is called that city of god uh, meaning that he is dependable he does not need anything from the world that he created he uh, exists with uh, within himself he doesn't need any of us to help him uh, be sustained you know but we do need him so that's what uh separates us he's mm -hmm. the creator we are the creatures so yeah, that's excellently said and i think when we get into the another episode about heresy and false teachers mm -hmm. we start to see how people think that they are more <laughs> yeah. important to god than god is to us and we'll, yeah, but we'll true. cover that in a, in a future episode lord willing but i wanted to start in isaiah 42 verse 8 in the king james it says i am the lord that is my name and my glory will i not give to another neither my praise to graven images. So God there is telling us clearly that there is no other person who deserves mm -hmm. glory other than himself. All yeah. glory goes to God and he's not going to share his glory with another. And that's why we saw that vivid example of Herod in the New Testament when he gave oh, yeah. some great speech and people said, oh, yeah. this is like the speech of a God. Yeah. And instantly an angel struck him with worms and he died on the spot. Yeah. So that ended Herod day, you know, perfectly, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a really brutal, brutal way. But God, yeah. that's a vivid picture of showing how God does not like sharing his yeah. glory with another person. And you can imagine how God's grace really is on display when you hear people praising themselves and talking about how good they are, how great of a singer they are, how great of an athlete they are, and not giving glory to God. And God is still allowing them to live yeah. when God is saying all glory goes to him. But mm -hmm. we see when, when he says that he will not give his glory to another, we see in Philippians 2 verses 5 through 6, also in the King James, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So we see there again that it is the scriptures are clearly telling us that Jesus had no problem mm -hmm. being equal with God and he didn't even yeah. think he was stealing any kind of glory from God to make himself equal with God mm -hmm. because he himself is God and we'll see that in the passages that we're about to cover. So one of the passages that I think uh, again like we said we could cover hundreds of passages mm -hmm. in the yeah. Bible that talk about the deity of Christ and and really get, go into detail but just for the sake of clarity and I think you know people like me I like I'm pretty black and white so I like just seeing exactly how the Bible defines mm. Jesus being God and I think some of the two of the most clear clearer passages are found in John 5 verses 1 through 18 and then John 10 24 to 33 and I thought it would be better if I just read John 5 1 through 18 it's kind of lengthy but I think to read it and get the full view of it I wanted to read it and uh and and then make a few comments on that so in john 5 verses 1 verse 1 it starts off by saying after these things there was a feast of the jews and jesus went to jerusalem went up to jerusalem now there is in jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in hebrew bethesda having five porticos in these lay a multitude of those who were sick blind lame and withered waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel of the lord went down at a certain at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever sickness with which he was afflicted. And a man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been sick a long time, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. 
Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man became well and picked up his mat and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your mat and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, pick up your mat and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and disclosed to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And for this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So I read that whole passage because, as you see, the Jews were incensed about him healing somebody on the Sabbath mm -hmm. because the Sabbath was important. And sometimes we kind of knock the Jews for their religious fervor, but mm -hmm. they, had a, they had a reason for that. And I want to talk about those reasons very quickly regarding... Uh, why they they held the Sabbath in such a high view? That didn't come from the Jews. That actually came from God. As, for, as to as to why the Sabbath should be treated with such reverence, and we see this in Exodus twenty verse eight through eleven, where God says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female slave, or your cattle or your or your sojourner who is within your gates." For in six days, Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, which I think clearly shows that God made the earth in six days, not six billion or whatever you like to say. God literally says, I made the earth in six days. But he says, uh, the sea and all that in them is and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So there we see God as one of the Ten Commandments. He says, I made the Sabbath day. I'm establishing it. Nobody can work. Not even your animals can work mm -hmm. on the Sabbath. That's how holy and how special it is to me and he reiterates this again a few chapters later in exodus 31 where he says yahweh spoke to moses saying but as for you speak to the sons of israel saying you shall surely keep my sabbath for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that i am yahweh who makes you holy therefore you shall keep the sabbath for it is holy to you everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death for whoever does any work on it that person shall be cut off from among his people Six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel, Israel shall keep the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout your generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was, and was refreshed. When he had finished speaking with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. So these are commands that came down from the God of creation. Again, reiterating that he made it in six days. But he says this Sabbath is something that is so holy, so righteous that anybody who does any work mm -hmm. shall surely be put to death. And on top of that, I want you to keep this as an everlasting covenant. Mm -hmm. So that's why we see Jews today. They keep the Sabbath. Super A lot of yeah. Orthodox Jews, you really can't be Jewish if you don't keep the Sabbath. Yeah. If you're not keeping the Sabbath and you're claiming to be a Jew, every mm -hmm. Jew, every true Jew would say, this guy's not a Jew because yeah. he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Because mm -hmm. as, as has been plainly given to us by God, the Sabbath was so important, so holy, yeah. so uh, a special day in God's calendar that he says nobody does any work 
and this is an everlasting covenant between mm -hmm. me and Israel forever. And so we see why the Jews were angry at Jesus telling somebody to pick up the, his mat and walk mm -hmm. on the Sabbath yeah. day because, again, this came from God that you mm -hmm. need to re reverence the Sabbath. And we even see a, a vivid example of what happened when somebody broke the Sabbath in the, in the Old Testament, Numbers 15, where it talks about a guy who was gathering wood on the Sabbath yeah. and the, the people found him doing mm -hmm. so. And, and they went to God and went to Moses and, and Moses and God told Moses, the man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones mm -hmm. outside the camp. Yeah. So this guy died. All he was doing was gathering wood on the Sabbath. Yeah. But again, God has had established the law mm -hmm. and said, you are not allowed to do anything on the Sabbath. Yeah. If you do, you, you're put to death. I said it twice. This guy broke the law, mm -hmm. so he died. And so that's why we see the Jews are so angry with Jesus breaking uh, the Sabbath and wanting him to die because of it. And again, they had mm -hmm. they had good precedent because yeah. the Bible had told them, hey, anybody who breaks the Sabbath, anybody who, who encourages breaking the Sabbath, they are a lawbreaker and ought to be put to death. Angel, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, real quick? I was going to say just a quick comment on, on how uh, much they revered, the Jewish uh, revered the Sabbath, that they created laws around the laws of the Sabbath. So for them, it was like, well, okay, well, since we ought to keep the Sabbath and no one needs to work on the Sabbath, uh, what is work? So they began to define work. Okay, uh, what about if I walk, an example, a mile, will that be considered work? Well, uh, not really, but if you go beyond that mile, that, that will be working. Okay, good. Uh, what about if I carry this to this other place? Well, if you put a lot of force to it, you might be, it might be considered work. Mm -hmm. you know, so they, cre they started creating laws within the law. So the, the Sabbath law was kind of like eclipsed by all these other laws. Mm -hmm. you know, and perhaps this is why they, they uh, got mad at this man. They saw him carry something on the Sabbath and they thought, hey, that man is working over there. Uh, you know, and they were so blinded that... Uh, I mean, th that man has been there for 38 years. Most likely, they knew the man. At least they were aware that he was there. Instead of rejoicing over the mm -hmm. miracle that happened, they were so blinded by trying to keep the Sabbath mm -hmm. that um, they, they used focus on him carrying on the, the mat. And he himself said, the man who made me well told me to pick up the my mat and go and walk. You know, it, it's kind of... Funny how religion blinds people, mm -hmm. but these so obviously the men told them straightforward. I got, I, I was made well, you know, but they didn't care about that. They're just like they were so concerned about keeping the Sabbath that, well, who told you is that the <laughs> who was the man that told you to do this? So yeah. just kind of wanted to comment on that. You know? Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. I, yeah, you see somebody who's sick for thirty eight years, and you're so blinded by your religion that you can't mm -hmm. even rejoice that the guy is healed yeah. because he broke your little Sabbath law. Yeah, and uh, again, but they they they, want, they were so concerned about the Sabbath because for, I think for a right they had a good starting point because mm -hmm. they came down from God and yeah. they wanted to honor God in that. But like mm -hmm. you said, they perverted it and they made it way too extreme. Yeah, and uh, that, which is why Jesus was doing these things on purpose on the <laughs> yeah. Sabbath to, to kind of open yeah. their eyes to see. But in this passage in John five eight in John five eighteen he says that uh, it says that for this reason therefore the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not, he was not only was breaking the Sabbath but also calling God his own Father making himself equal to God. Mm -hmm. And he said and and this was right because he said my Father is working until now mm -hmm. and I myself am working. And they're thinking wait a minute he's doing these things on the Sabbath and he's calling mm -hmm. God his Father. Yeah. And it, and God is the one who told us on the Sabbath not mm -hmm. to work. So the really the only person that could work on the sabbath is god is the only that, person yeah. that could do things on the sabbath without breaking the law so to speak is god so how in the world is this man telling us that 
he can work yeah. on the Sabbath just like God is, when only God is the one who can do that, when yeah. he is the one who instituted the Sabbath. So clearly, I think this is one of the passages that clearly tells us that Jesus himself is God. He, yeah. didn't not, he doesn't deny it. He even affirms it and says that my father works on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on the Sabbath. Yeah. So you guys can't tell me anything different because mm -hmm. I'm equal with my father. And that's how the Jews understood it. And that's how the Bible reveals it to us that sure. they knew. So the Jews weren't dumb as far as what Jesus was doing. Jesus yeah. wasn't, wasn't hiding the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people make the, make the claim, why didn't Jesus just say, I am God, worship me? Yeah. Well, Jesus was doing things that clearly showed the Jews that he was God. So yeah. the Jews understood it, which is why they wanted to stone him, because he was claiming to be God by, the, by what he was doing by breaking the Sabbath. And the Sabbath, of course, like I said, it was an important thing that God mm -hmm. had established. And the Jews obviously saw it as something that came down yeah. from God, which is why they were so angry that, that Jesus was doing things on the Sabbath. And we see that another instance of this the Sabbath breaking in John 10 verses 24 to 33 and this is also in the legacy standard Bible where it says the Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ tell us openly an angel actually is going to talk a little bit about how Jesus is the Christ and, and how the Bible tells us that uh, in a later a uh, little a little bit later but it continues Jesus answered them I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name these bear witness of you there again he's he's attesting mm -hmm. to the works that the father, that he does in the father's name the same works that God can do Jesus is saying I can do again attesting to his deity but he says but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish ever again who else can give eternal life but mm -hmm. God himself yeah. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my, out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. <laughs> the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them. I showed you many good works from the father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him for a good work. We do not stone you. So again, the Jews are making themselves mm -hmm. plain. They're being honest here. We're not stoning you for a good work. In fact, the Jews obviously loved good works. They thought yeah. they were so good that they didn't need Jesus. So yeah. they obviously, they were big fans of good works. But they said, but for blasphemy and because you, being a man, so that tells us that they were not talking mm -hmm. to some disembodied spirit. And you'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later. But, but you being a man, make yourself out to be God. Make yourself God. So again, in the Jewish mind, we have to, we have to again, we're not... I, I'm not super brilliant, but when I read when I read this, clearly the Jews are incensed and thinking there's there's this man talking to us and he's mm -hmm. claiming to be God, making himself God because he's saying that nobody can pluck his sheep out of his hand, and he just said nobody can pluck the pluck uh, the sheep out of God's hand, mm -hmm. and he's also saying that he can give eternal life to people. Yeah, who else could do that besides God Himself? Okay. I can't himself. give eternal life. You can't yeah. give eternal life. Nobody on earth can give eternal life, but God Himself. Mm -hmm. But we have this man in front of us telling us he can give eternal life. So the Jews understood that Jesus was making himself out to be God. Mm -hmm. And we see that Jesus continually, quote unquote, breaking the Sabbath by doing works that the Jews thought ought yeah. not to be done on the Sabbath. He was establishing that, hey, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And mm -hmm. we see that. And he actually says he's Lord of the Sabbath in, in, Mark, in Matthew 12, 1 through 8, Mark 2, 23 to 28, and Luke 6, 1 through 5. He, he actually says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And yeah. who instituted the Sabbath? God. God himself. So. Yeah. And then we also see that Jesus tells them of his equality with God by working like God on the mm -hmm. Sabbath. Again, saying, hey, if God is working on the Sabbath, God's my father, too. I'm yeah. going to work on the Sabbath too. <laughs> yeah. And we also see that he's able to give eternal life. And again, who else can give eternal life but Jesus himself, himself, but God himself. And then we see that the Jews rightly understood what, that what Jesus was saying and doing positioned himself as God. That's so good. it wasn't yeah. a mystery to the Jews what Jesus was claiming to do and saying. 
uh, by what he said. So did Jesus say, I am God, worship me? No, we don't have a quote of him saying that. Mm -hmm. But in the Jewish mind, what he was doing on the Sabbath yeah. and what he was saying, clearly in the Jewish mind was saying, he's, he's trying to be God and we need to put yeah. him to death. Yeah. And so uh, I think those two passages really talk about in, in very, very clear detail mm -hmm. that Jesus Jesus is, is God, God and the Jewish Jews understood that he was making himself to be God. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, Muslims apologists bring about. Uh, they deny Christ because according to them, the Bible, Jesus in the Bible never says, I am God, worship me. I just heard early on a, um, a Muslim apologist who says, I challenge anyone to, if they can open the Bible and show me from the Bible that Jesus says, I am God, worship me and believe in me, then I will basically turn into a Christian. But these two passages that you brought up, in the Jewish mind, like you said, Jesus is claiming deity. He's not, he's not saying, wait, wait a minute, you understood me wrong. You know, I, I didn't mean to, it, it came out the wrong way. You know, my father is also your father. No, no, he says, my father, uh, he's working. In other words, God continued to work from uh, providentially sustaining the universe mm -hmm. from the moment that he created it until now. He says, my father is working. So also he's working as well, even on the Sabbath. So, yeah, Jesus himself put himself above the Sabbath by saying, you know, it's a lot that my father gave you. And in the same sense, since in uh, verse 10 of John, uh, I mean, chapter 10, verse 30 of John, he says, I and the Father are one. Since since the, my Father gave you that, then I'm with the Father and we are one. So it also comes from me. So yeah, that's a perfect passage that says Jesus Christ is basically claiming deity without having to say, I am God, worship me. So that's just clear as the water can be. You know? <laughs> right, just, exactly. So yeah. there's, there's no mystery mm -mm. here. There's no mystery for the Jews in that time, which is no. why they wanted to put him to death. And there's no, no mystery for us today, having the revealed testimony of Scripture that Jesus clearly is God. Again, this, this is just yeah. a, a couple of verses that show that Jesus is God. We can go to many other passages, yeah. Old and New Testament, that explain the deity of Christ. But I wanted to mm -hmm. look at those because those plainly told us that Jesus, being a man, was making himself out mm -hmm. to be God in the Jewish mind twice. Uh, and so that clearly tells us that the Jews understood that this man who was walking on this earth, who was teaching and, and doing all these miracles, he is literally telling us that he is God and, and can do the same things that God can do. But uh, so I wanted to focus on those. But on the other side of it, I wanted to really emphasize the point that Jesus did come in the flesh, even though he is God. Yeah. He did come in the flesh and did and did do his do his work as uh, as a human man, mm -hmm. as a man. So he had yeah. eyes, he had hair, he had feet. Yeah, yeah he could he could. Uh, he needed to eat. He needed to sleep. Yeah. So he was a—he was just as truly as he is God. He's yeah. truly man and angel. I wanted you to talk about those those verses there and explain yeah. that for us. Yeah, you, you know. Um, so basically, in you just quoted John um, during those days. Apparently, people or uh, some people heard the Gospel of John or read the Gospel of John, and they uh, they deified Christ to a, a high level to a point that uh, they they basically rejected his humanity. It is kind of funny how in the New Testament, when the New Testament is being written, the apostles are trying to defend the humanity of Christ. In our days, we are trying to uh, defend the deity of Christ. So it's, it's kind of like the opposite in, in, the, in the first century. The first century, they're, they're trying to defend the humanity of Christ, saying, look, Christ did come in the flesh, and that's what we see in the first uh, letter of John. 
John is writing to um, uh, a congregation that are just maybe uh, somewhat uh, there's a false doctrine going on and they, they need they need a assurance of their salvation mm -hmm. and within this assurance he gives three th tests uh, the test of faith uh, which is the t the doctrinal test the test of love and the test of communion with one another and so in this doctrinal test uh, he basically affirms that you must believe that Jesus came in the flesh and that's how he opens up the letter of John the first letter of John that that which we have seen from the beginning we heard and we uh, concerning the word of God he's saying in other words we touch him we spoke to him we heard his words literally we were in the presence of these what other people consider a spirit we were in the presence of these men and we heard him and we were communicating with him and you read the gospels and the the humanity of christ is is just clear he gets tired like you said he cries he he gets hungry he he, he thirsts and we see that throughout the, the gospels and so john here is is basically um correcting the uh, the heresy of men that they deify Christ to a point that they couldn't see him as a human mm. so he's saying um, no you got it wrong you need to yes affirm the deity of Christ but at the same time you need to understand that he was also truly human he 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 bled he cried and and that's essential uh, it is important for him to be truly human because he died for humans uh, so if Christ was not human if he was just a spirit then he will have his sacrificial death if you might see it will be only for spirits mm -hmm. but we know that humans are composed by two things we are composed by the spirit and the immaterial part and the material part which is our body so Jesus needed in a way if he wanted to die uh, for humanity he needed to put on the fold of humanity which is both a spirit which is already being God he is a spirit but taking on humanity which is the other part of what human is so yeah uh, John is defending that he is telling the people in first uh, John chapter 4 he is basically telling the the congregation you need to test the spirit you need to test the spirit and there John is saying test not only by appearance but test what they are teaching. You need to test the Spirit. And what is the test that they need to do? Well, verse 2 says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now it's already in the world. So he's basically telling them, you need to says what they are saying concerning Christ if these people are saying that yes Christ is just a spirit flowing around which was the heresy of the day or that he came from heaven and then he inhabited this uh, Jewish man and he was there just for to work miracles and then at the res uh, at the crucifixion he left them if you are if this person is coming and is telling you this then you must reject them yeah. why because this is not the spirit of God is the spirit of the Antichrist it is the one that is is going against Christ the Antichrist is literally against Christ mm -hmm. so yeah the, the the humanity of Christ is essential uh, it, it is part of the whole 
doctrine of who Christ is, we must, on the one hand, like you said early on, uh, affirm that He is deity, that He is divine, and on the uh, that's one nature. And on the other hand, we also have to affirm at the same time that He is human. Uh, you know, and just by uh, kind of like a side note, Jesus Christ never stopped being human once He put on humanity. So we think that even at this moment He is in heaven with the full humanity going on, or redeemed humanity mm -hmm. going on. So He never stopped being human. He put on humanity and He stayed human for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it is essential for us to affirm that. Uh, it is essential for us to believe that. How is this possible? <laughs> we don't know. He's God. It, yeah, it happens. He's God. How yeah. can the infinite put on finite? Uh, we don't know. He is God. You know, but we must affirm this. We must accept them by faith. So it is. It is key for us to understand that. Um, yeah, we don't want. We don't want to even stress too much of his deity to the point where we forget his humanity yeah. or stress too much of his humanity where we forget his deity yeah, we have to have true. these two in balance and mm -hmm. it's very important that we have both yeah. in balance because like you said if we we get something wrong about it then we're going to be in heresy and we don't have a sacrifice for sin like you mm -hmm. said he needed to come to put on humanity yeah. so that he could die on the cross and if you think about it logically how would you have a sacrifice for sin? He, 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 you can't have a spirit die <laughs> and you can't have God die you know we have that song yeah. where it says that well and God my or uh, thou my God should die for me. And Arnold R.C. Sproul talked about how, uh, God forbid that God should die, <laughs> because if God died, we would all go we'll out all of die, existence. Yeah. So uh, we, we are thankful that uh, God was wise enough in his, holy, in his immense wisdom to come up with a plan yeah. for, so that Jesus could die on the cross, whereby sustaining, still while at the same time sustaining all of creation. Yeah, that's true. And so that we could actually have a, a true atonement for our sin. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up. But there was another passage you want to bring out in First John two, I believe. Yes, and that is that Jesus is the Christ. First uh, John two twenty two to twenty three, and just a little background of, of what's going on here. So uh, John, obviously being a, a great theologian, uh, a lot of people call him the one of the greatest theologian in the in the New Testament. He understood what Christ meant. Christ meant a uh, divine being. And so in the Jewish mind, he understood from the passages in Daniel and other prophecies that the Christ will be a divine being. Uh, he understood that he will be a deity. He will be God. How he, how all those things worked out in the Old Testament, they didn't know how all those things will work out. But they understood that the Christ, the promised Redeemer, the Savior of the Jewish people and the, the, the Redeemer of the world will be a divine figure. They understood that. That was clear. So for when John says the Christ, he has in mind divinity. He has in mind divine. And, and so when John says Jesus is the Christ, he's talking about Jesus, the humanity, the human nature of Jesus and also the Christ, the divine nature mm. of Jesus. Even the heretics of those days, they understood Christ to be a divine being, but they understood it in a different way than John and the apostles did. For a heretic in those days, uh, the Christ was a spirit or emanation that came from Yahweh, descended at the baptism of Jesus Christ, it descended on Jesus and throughout and, and it gave him the power to do all those miracles and all those things. And when Jesus Christ was when Jesus was crucified, the Christ, the divine 
part left them, mm -hmm. went back to heaven, and it kind of left them there for the Jewish men to die. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they both understood Christ to be divine. Uh, they understood he was a divine being, but obviously they had different perspectives. So here John is, is basically clarifying that Jesus was the Christ, uh, is the Christ, better say, because he continues to be the Christ. Mm -hmm. And in passages uh, 22 to 23, he says, Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Mm -hmm. He opens up with the question so that we can think about it like, wait a minute, uh, Jesus is the Christ. So obviously the obvious answer to this question is like the one that denies Christ is a liar because Jesus showed himself to be the Christ, the promised Messiah, and we know that the promised Messiah was a divine figure. So if we deny that Jesus is that divine figure, that divine being, that, or anyone who denies that, then that person is a liar. Mm. And he continues to go uh, to say, uh, John does, this is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son because the father revealed that Jesus will be that the Christ I mean will be a divine figure and that because uh, the father revealed this in the Old Testament the one that will deny uh, such truth will be denying the father as well so mm. the one that denies the son in this case being Jesus the Christ will be also denying the father and who does this Well, the Antichrist does this yeah, he and uh, he says the Antichrist is the one that denies this. Now, who's the Antichrist? The literal translation is against Christ. Is one that is against Christ, against the person of Jesus Christ. He, um, by essence, he hates Christ. He wants to usurp his name. He's his place. He wants to take the place of Christ. He wants mm. to be the uh, the the one that everybody will worship. So obviously, the one that comes in and is denying that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is divine, and that He's the Savior, Redeemer of the world, by teaching other things that you know Jesus is not God or Jesus is not human and all whatever contradicts the revealed doctrine of God. Mm -hmm. This is the Antichrist. This mm. is. This is, uh, he's not running in the spirit of God. He's running in the spirit of Antichrist, as uh, John uh, pointed out in, in, in chapter 4. I, uh, so, yeah, it, the Christ, uh, Jesus, is f uh, truly human. Uh, uh, truly human. And from these passages, we can see that John is teaching, and he's also truly divine. Mm. He's both. Uh, he has both natures. He, you can grab one and reject the other one, as you said. You can be too unbalanced and say, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ was too much of a human, and then focus on that and then forget his divine nature or vice versa. Mm -hmm. you, know, you must uh, find a, a well-balance in those things. Um, so it sounds like what you're saying, and you had mentioned this on a previous episode, that even the Jews, as much as they are devoted to God, they are essentially antichrist. Yeah. They are against God, and, and in their denial of Christ, they're even denying the God that, that they claim to worship. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Jesus made it plain in John 8. He didn't, there, he didn't mince words. He said, you are of your father, the devil, yeah. and the less of your father you will do, because you are denying me, yeah. my proper realm of glory and of, and of authority and who I am. And this is what the devil does. The devil yeah. is seeking to go against me being God. And so when you ally yourself with that kind of thinking, you are actually becoming antichrist, as what you were yeah. explaining. Yeah, and 
that's what you see in a lot of the uh, cults nowadays they want a Christ that is human uh, most of the cults they want a Christ that is human that mm -hmm. can relate to them a prophet like the Muslims or area of witnesses or even Mormons who say that this Christ uh, Jesus uh, got to be divine because he exercised all those uh, good wills and then he achieved uh, divinity and therefore we can also do that you know so they hold to Christ's divinity Jesus divinity but they have it the wrong way you know so yeah so it, it is essential for us to to know the full person of Christ and, and like you opened up in the in the beginning of the episode Christ, the person of Christ is we will never get the fullness of it. Why? Because He's divine. He mm -hmm. is God. If you ever think that you can have God uh, in this little box, <laughs> then you know you have some so little of a view of who God is. Exactly. You know, so yeah, it's, it, there can be said much more concerning much more the doctrine of Christ yeah we barely skimmed the surface on this episode but we hope that it kind of whets your appetite to go deep into the scripture study these things test what we even just said with the scripture because that is the standard that God has given us but if you want to know more of Christ the only way to know more of him is through his word there's no other special revelation that you need all that we need is in the word and Angel mentioned not being able to fit God into a box and we can't because he is divine he is eternal but the box that we do have that he's revealed to us is the scripture. So we don't want to go beyond that. And that's our goal here. We don't, we don't want to go beyond what has been written. So thank you for joining us in this episode. And on the next episode, we're going to talk about, Lord willing, getting the gospel right. We have to get the gospel correct. We just talked about how it's so important to, get, to understand Christ because if we don't understand him correctly. We, can't, we don't have a true salvation. We don't have true faith. And so we're going to talk specifically about what the gospel is, how we must understand it, and how it must be correct for us to have truly eternal life with God uh, once we leave this planet. So thank you for listening today, and we hope to see you on the next episode of The Truth About Heresy with Angel Silva. Yeah.